Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Thursday night, March the 30th, 2017. I'm Dre, he's Jay. Baseball is just around the corner. Real baseball, not this preseason garbage that they're playing right now. Actual games that matter. Major League Baseball starting up this coming Sunday. Coincidentally, the same day as WrestleMania, and we had our WrestleMania preview show this past Monday night with Jerry, the wrestling expert. want to thank him once again for that fun show, as always. And now it's time for our baseball preview show, where, Jason, the only real pressing question, the only looming question going into this season is who is touching the prohibitive favorites, the defending World Series champions, the team that was on a trajectory towards something like this ever since Theo Epstein took office, the team of our youth, the team that you used to have season tickets for, your Chicago Cubs. Is anyone coming close to touching them is really the only question that matters this year. Jason, are you on mute? Jason, are you there at all? Jason does not appear to be there. (sighs) And a nice long winding introduction there for nothing, apparently. Um, Jason, I can't hear you at all. I don't know if you can hear me, but we're not hearing anything. Uh, So I don't know what to do except to maybe hang you up and have you try to call back in. Uh, He hung up on his own. Uh, So there's that. Uh, The best laid plans. I planned out the opening. I actually had something to say other than just starting the show and going off the top of my head. And it was answered with silence, which is, is, there's a symbolism to that. That actually makes sense. Uh, considering no one's listening live, more than likely. Uh, Jason is attempting to call back in. Jason, are you there? I, I can't hear anything at all, if uh, if you can hear me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm clicking him through, but I'm getting no sound at all from him. So I certainly hope this isn't something I did wrong where I can't hear anybody calling in, but he can, uh, but he, but he can make a sound. Uh, Jason, if you, if you can hear me, uh, I can't hear you at all. Um, unfortunately you might have to hang up and try on the, on the telephone. 
Because I do not have him muted, and I don't see any connection issues that we could or should have. Not that I know of, anyway. So I'll... Jason tries to figure that out. I guess I will have to fill the time. Uh, and, and this may well be a, a connection issue on my part. Jason may send me a text saying that he can't hear anything I'm saying either, because that's happened before, where I can't hear him, but I think that I'm fine. And then he texts me and says, I can't hear anything uh, on the show. So it turns out it's a connection issue with me. Um, but I'm up and live as far as I, I, as far as I know. Um, all right, Jason, I'm going to, I was about to hang him up again, but he dropped uh, on his own once again. So I'm assuming he's going to try back on the phone and hopefully that will work. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's the big question for baseball this year is, are the Chicago Cubs as a prohibitive favorite as they seem to be? I, my, and I've said this on many shows before, my vision of the Cubs this year is that how can they possibly have any obstacles in front of them that that might throw them off the scent of, of of winning the world series again going through what they went through last year all the the pressure from the year before when they uh, got in the playoffs beat the cardinals lost to the mets in the nlcs everyone expected them to come back last year and have a really big season and if they had anything less than a really big season it was going to be very disappointing and they took all that pressure, dominated the the National League, won 100 and whatever games, 103, um, 100 and, yeah, 103 and 58. Took all that pressure, took the pressure of the uh, uh, the, the the World Series, winged down 3-1, came back from that. Jason, are you there? All right. Can you hear me this time? Yes. Oh, we got connection. Yeah, that's really weird because that's like the third time everything was the same exactly every every time. So I've noticed, huh. and this could be a blog talk issue, I've noticed that when I call in through that direct line that I use now, that if I call within like about a minute before the show is supposed to start, it causes all sorts of issues. Like it disconnects me and then I have to reconnect a bunch. So... At least I'm here. Hmm. And actually, on the positive side, up, up until this last like minute, I heard everything you said. So I heard your whole introduction. I was talking. You just couldn't right. hear what I was saying. Couldn't hear um, a thing. So no, the 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 thing that you brought up, that is the million dollar question. That is that is the magic question is will will this team now that the, the burdens of history have been removed and they won that World Series in the most epic fashion? Uh, possible coming back, dealing with the adversity. Um, can this team that is, without a doubt, the most talented team in the league? I mean, this is not a paper champions team. The best team in baseball won the World Series last year. This was no fluke. And now you've got all of these players, all these young guys, all this developed talent, all this acquired talent. Everything worked and meshed perfectly together. And now they're defending champions. Now, now the burden of the goat and the curse and all of that has has gone away. So you, you know, there's really only you know two possible directions for this team to go. They can get complacent. Oh yeah, we won. You know, 
and kind of like coast, or we can really see what this team is all about without those burdens, um, with the sort of loose cannon coach, um, with the manager and Joe Madden, who's going to just try to manipulate that lineup in the best possible scenario, try to get that talent. I mean, that's a, it is a 25 man roster, especially offensively. Um, the offensive side of the ball, their bench players would be starting for most teams. And he's got to find the way to get those guys fed and get all the playing time. And he did it last year and he's going to pull, he's going to pull his little magic and move guys into positions that you'd never think. Um, and just sort of work the magic, although he almost managed them right out of a World Series in that Game 7, you, you still had that team in Game 7 of the World Series. I mean, so you, you can't, you know, can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, you got to take it for what it is. Yeah, did he do a horrible job in managing or mismanaging that Game 7? We talked about that when we did our recap of the World Series. Yes, it wasn't very well done. You know, but you also manage that team through all those expectations with, I mean, a ridiculously young team. Uh, you know, they've got a handful of veterans in there, but overall, this is a very young roster. Most of these guys are not even in their arbitration years, and these guys are going to be on that team, and this team is going to be competitive, you would think, for a long time. So I think it's keeping the team in the right mindset. Now everybody's gunning for them. They're not just the lovable losers. They're not the Cubs. You know, you can get rid of all the jokes. Again, on paper, this is the best roster. This is the best team um, up and down. I mean, their, their, their starting staff is, is, is great. Their bullpen is good. I think the bullpen's good enough. So it's going to be tricky. I, I don't see anybody. I mean, we, I don't see anybody winning the central other than the Cubs, it would take catastrophe for any of those teams. Last year, they won that division by, I want to say they were 17 and a half games clear of the next team behind them in that division. It's probably going to look a lot like that again, because after the Cubs, that's a fairly mediocre division. I would say mediocre to bad division. So I think they're in the playoffs. I don't think that's a problem. Um wouldn't be surprised if they end up with the best record, which would put them back on track now that we've done away with the garbage for the this time it counts all-star games. They're probably on pace for not only that, but also home field advantage. Um, I think they could win more than that 103 games. I think this is a I think this is a hundred and five to 110 win team. Wow. So it's a good team. I mean, you can't you cannot look at that roster any other way that there is you can't find a hole. You know, you can't pitch around anybody. I mean, there is so much depth of talent. They don't have the same minor league talent that they had in years past. In you know, these last few years in this run up, that's because everybody's up. <laughs> you know, everybody yeah. who we expected is there now. So it's not an issue anymore where we keep waiting for that next guy to get called up. Although they do have a few guys, they traded off some of their pieces because now that became a luxury for them. Guys who were blocked. Guys that, you know, they, they, they traded Glaber Torres. That got them, uh, Aroldis Chapman, who finished off that season, you know, other, you know, other than his troubles, still ended up not really, even though he blew saves, didn't take losses in the postseason. So he still kept them in games, especially in that game seven where he could have come out in that ninth inning and just 
floated one over the plate, one swing of the bat, and the whole thing was over. He gutted out that ninth inning that he gutted through, throwing nothing but junk sliders. It tells you that, you know, he does love baseball. He does care. I mean, he was crying in the in, in the dugout during the the rain delay. He knew that if they blew that thing, it was on him. And uh mm-hmm. You know, and then they, they traded, and it's funny because the other they then they traded uh, they traded Dan Vogelbach off to Seattle. He was obviously blocked at first base by Anthony Rizzo. And who do they get for him? They get Mike Montgomery, and he uh, he ends up being the winning. Uh, he gets this. He gets the save in Game Seven of the World Series. So they didn't make ridiculous moves. They filled in the pieces. I see this. I don't see a lot more moves left in them. I mean, they traded uh, Jorge Soler, uh, Joe Boo. Uh, we've we've talked about Jorge Soler before, so they they traded him off. Uh, Pedro Serrano, he's basically the Pedro Serrano of the Cubs, and uh, they traded him off for Wade Davis, which is a shrewd move. Wade Davis is an injury risk, but they've got literally they've got three closers on that team now with Davis, uh, Rondon, who I think Madden just hates, but he yeah, is a closer. They have one closer they trust right now, right? And then they have Carl Edwards, who I think is the closer in waiting. I mean, he is the guy who started in that 10th inning, you know, game seven of the World Series. I know they didn't have a lot left, but he mowed right through the first two guys in the biggest stage possible. You talk about butterflies, and here's like, you know, 22, 23-year-old Carl Edwards Jr. I think that Carl Edwards is probably the closer after Wade Davis's time is over because I don't think that trust – I think they like Rondon more as an eighth-inning guy, although he's he's done it. So – and then they've got Koji Uhara to come in there and just throw frisbees and just completely show you a different look. So you can, you've got like Strope and all these big, hard-throwing guys, and you can bring, bring in Koji Uhara in there to just completely go like Shingo, you know, and just throw absolute garbage up there to totally take the timing away from the other team. So the back end looks fine. The rotation looks fine. I, I like this team. What's not to like? We could spend an hour just talking about the Cubs. Yeah. The name from the past, Shingo Takatsu, just out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, there's, you know how yeah, many people, if, if anybody <laughs> listens to this show, how many people, if you were to just say, you know, out of 100 baseball fans, how many people out of those 100 would have even gotten my reference? If Kenny Williams is listening, he got it. Kenny Williams, shout out. Um, what well, As I was talking about uh, when you finally did connect and get on the air, what amazes me what amazes me about the the Cubs as a franchise is how they had the expectations coming into last year of winning their uh getting into the playoffs winning that round over the Cardinals and how momentous that was the year before in in 2015 and then losing to the Mets in the NLCS and everyone had the expectations you have the you have the gold you have the 108 years you have all of that uh, and then the expectations of the rebuild and the minor league system that everyone's been hearing about for years. And now they rise up to the point where they can beat the, the Cardinals in a playoff series. Remember how, how huge that was? Oh, my God, the Chicago Cubs can beat the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs? Wow, they must be pretty good. And so they had a lot of expectations coming into last year when they could have sort of wilted and, and crumbled. And instead, they just go and win 105 games and blow through everybody, get to the World Series, go down 3-1 in the World Series and say, whatever, come back and, and 
win three in a row and, and win the World Series. It's like, what yeah. else can they possibly take on? You, you, you can't shoot any more bullets at this team. They're deflecting them all. They're a RoboCop. They're just deflecting everything. And I, and I, I can't say how impressed I am by the makeup of this team. The physical tools are there, as everyone can see. Any scout can see that. It's the, the mental makeup, which is part of scouting as well. Uh, that really impresses me because those guys, you talked about C.J. Edwards having nerves of steel in that spot in the World Series. Uh, everyone's got nerves of steel on that team, it would seem. Just unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. I'm not going to try to save anything for later. I have the Cubs winning the National League Central once again. I have the Cubs winning the National League pennant once again. I have the Cubs winning the World Series once again. The Cubs are the best team in baseball by far. They have the best manager in baseball, even with the mistakes that he made in last year's postseason, which no one's going to let him forget about. I'm sure he's uh, not happy about it being brought up all the time. Um, I even saw an interview with him on on Real Sports. Uh, Brian Gumble brought it up to him, and he was a little salty about it. He's still kind of prickly when you bring up the uh, the Rodas Chapman situation in the World Series. He's not used to having his judgment uh, judged by other people, especially in that spot when his judgment ultimately did result in a ring. And I'm sure he's sort of thinking, how can anyone possibly judge what I was doing? And, and because we won the World Series, but people still bring it up and people still judge it. That's not to say that he's overrated or bad or anything. He made some bad decisions, but I still think overall he's the best man for the job. He's the best guy to corral all of that talent, figure out on a day-by-day basis who's going to start in the lineup, who's going to sit. It's it's unbelievable how much talent they have, uh, meaning nothing at all, but I do want to say that for the first time I that I can remember, I took a player in a fantasy draft today that doesn't have a starting position, an everyday starting position. I drafted Javier Baez in, in my fantasy league today because he's going to get at bats. He's going to get at bats all over and he's going to rake because he's damn good. And you talk about guys that are on that bench that could start anywhere. Javier Baez could be the uh, starting middle infielder on probably any team in the league. Uh, he's that good. But right now, you know, with Ben Zobris at second and Addison Russell at short, he's just kind of on the outside waiting to get his chance and he'll just be the super sub and take over, you know, every other game or something like that. And and he'll do what he's going to do because he's really good. And yeah, that's how deep that team is. It's, it's just crazy. So yeah, the Cubs all the way for me as a White Sox fan, it hurts to say, but as I've said for the last few years, you can't help but like this Cubs team. There's nothing really to dislike about them. The one hole, the one exception, Jason Hayward, hard ground ball to second. That's pretty much all you can yep. say about that team. It's the only thing that's really wrong with them right now. But they, they overcame it last year, and I'm sure they're going to overcome it again this year. Yeah, how about Jason Hayward? It provides value defensively obviously he takes oh, a leadership position on the team so he's not a useless player he's he's an overplay for what he's produced he's overpaid but yeah it's it, it's a little bit tough watching him roll over on a, on so many pitches that are sweet pitches and watch him just roll over on him and just weakly ground out to second base so they get him right 
they even get him hitting 250, 260 again. And, all, and that lineup looks up and down even more dangerous. So you will see. You know, if there's a hole on that team, it's that they do lack a true leadoff hitter. So I see that all year they're going to be meddling with, you know, people in and out of that leadoff spot. Zobrist will be there. Uh, Schwarber has been there a few times because even though he's not your prototypical leadoff man, he's a very high OBP guy. I mean, he takes a lot of pitches. He puts a lot of balls in play. uh, He walks a lot. So even for all the prodigious power, he does get on base at a very high clip. But we'll we'll see. Plus that also gets him. We won't be. Yeah, you won't be. You won't be pulling any. Yeah, he's not Billy Hamilton. We won't be seeing any of that. You won't just get on, steal second, steal third. But Billy Hamilton steals first, basically. I mean, yeah, they, he's ridiculous. So, you know, I, I guess the the central is probably going to be our least exciting division to talk about. I mean, we've already spent a good fifteen minutes here on just the Cubs because that is the division, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there, there's really not much else. Uh, St. Louis is on their way down. I think they're they struggle to hit 500 this year. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had their run. Pittsburgh had their three straight wild card losses, and you know they're 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 already talking about. They've been trying to get rid of Andrew McCutcheon now for for a while. It seems like this whole off season was Andrew McCutcheon going to be a pirate was one of the big storylines for the MLB in the off season. Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Uh, that's rebuilding. Basically, you you can't call it anything other than that. And I'm not even sure that Cincinnati has a rebuilding plan. I think Milwaukee has a better one. I think Milwaukee's done a nice job of, you know, moving some talent to acquire some good talent, and they've they're there. But that this is that's a Milwaukee team that's probably unfortunately five years away from doing anything because of what the Cubs are going to be looking like. Probably this is probably a four or five year deal at least what we're looking at with the Cubs right now. So I think this is their division. I think it's a walk. I I think they win this division at least by that 17 and a half. Very well, Mike. It, it could um, be Labor be- Day again, and we're already talking about someone clinching the division. <laughs> the Cubs clinched last year. You know, we think about that team. They only had two dry spells. They had one right before the break, and then they had that big dry spell again right after they clinched because they clinched like September 12th. It was ridiculous how early they clinched that thing. So then, and then they lost a bunch of games, and they could have won that division by twenty-three or twenty-four games, no problem, if they didn't have that slide right there at the end. Yeah, I'm with you uh, in the NL Central, basically on all the points there. I, I did a, a five-through-one prediction just because, um, and I so I agree that Cincinnati and Milwaukee are both rebuilding, but that Milwaukee's. I think they're a little farther along in their rebuild on offense and on pitching. And so therefore they'll be, uh, they'll finish better than the Reds. The Reds, uh, they need, a, they definitely need more pitching to, to mature for their rebuild to, to have any kind of shape, but they're basically on the ground floor of tearing down similar to the, to my white Sox. Uh, the big question for Cincinnati, of course, is when are they going to deal Joey Votto? And so once that piece is moved and they find out what the hall is there, then they can really get started on, on the rebuild. But I, I think they're still sort of tearing down for, as far as I'm concerned. And then the uh, Pirates and Cardinals in between there, uh, they're hopefully not 
for their sakes, not looking at needing to start tearing down and rebuilding, but it, it's not looking good. Not just because of what the Cubs look like at the top, that they're not going anywhere, but also just the, their shortcomings, the, the, the Pirates and the Cardinals, that they've had better days. They're looking back at what they used to be and they're what they're looking what they're looking at right now is not what they used to be at all. There's some guys that look like they're turning the other way as far as their careers go. Um for Pittsburgh, of course, Andrew McCutcheon, as you mentioned. Uh Garrett Cole, if he doesn't return to form, the pitching staff now has a big hole to worry about because he was their ace by a mile. And, but last year it just went south and don't know what the deal is there. I don't know if that's injury or what. Usually with a, when a pitcher that young just has, that has electric stuff goes south, usually it's he's he's injured and he's trying to hide it. So we'll see uh, how that turns out. But I have Pittsburgh finishing third. Uh, you know, we got uh, uh, our, our, our wonderful president trying to deport people and build a wall here and block people from coming into the country there. And meanwhile, Jung Ho Gong, uh, is a really bad guy, and uh, the government decided to not let him in the country, not because of, of the color of his skin or, or his nationality or anything like that. It's because he's a douche. He's a bad guy. He's got DUIs over here. He's under, I believe there's still an open rape uh, allegation and, and investigation in Chicago involving him. He's just a really bad guy, and he's not going to be playing for the Pirates anytime soon because they won't uh, give him a, a work visa to come over here. They don't want him here. He's, he's bad news. Keep him out. So that's a hole missing in the lineup if he can't be here. Uh, and that, that I don't know what the resolution is going to be for that, but he's not coming over anytime soon. So I have the, the, the Pirates finishing third, the Cardinals finishing second. And that's a weird organization. There's a lot of weird things surrounding the Cardinals right now. They had a weird uh, – I was noticing their home road record last year was weird. They – had a winning record on the road and a losing record at home, which didn't make much sense. They won 48 games on the road and 38 at home. Uh, weird uh, breakdown by their closer, Trevor Rosenthal, who w just had great stuff, great stuff, fireballing, and then just was bad all last year, just bad. And so bad that they yanked him out of the closer's role. And uh, I know he's hurt right now, but I guess when he comes back, he's going to try to become a starter. So that's just a complete 180. Uh, so that was weird. A weird temper tantrum thrown by their second baseman, Colton Wong, who uh, apparently is going to be part of a platoon with Jed Jerko, and he's not happy about it. Wong said something to the uh, effect of, I'd rather be traded than be in a platoon here. Um, and so I don't know where that's going, but I, I'm saddened to see that because being, of course, uh, down here in Memphis, the AAA Memphis Redbirds, the affiliate of the Cardinals, I see all those kids that come up to the Redbirds, and I was very impressed with Colton Wong. I thought he really put a charge into the ball. I thought he played the game the right way. He played very hard at all times, ran everything out, had a lot of speed, had a lot of heart, good defense as well. I thought he had all the tools. I honestly thought he'd be uh, an all-star by now, but it hasn't uh, come together. And this looks like it might have a really bad ending. So that's uh, that's sad to see. And the, the Dexter Fowler thing was even weird when he signs there and then comments that his uh, Iranian wife is having trouble getting back and forth in the country because of the travel ban. And the, the world's greatest fans, the Cardinals, respond uh, on, on the Internet by saying that he doesn't need to talk about that and should just stick to baseball as if what he said was bad or wrong or political. It had nothing to do with politics. He was just making an observation about his family. That, that was totally weird. 
Um, even with all of that, the Cardinals are still a solid organization all around. So that's why I have them second uh, in the division. But I do not have them making a, a wild card run. I think the Cubs win the division running away. And just like last year, like you said, and I don't think the rest of the division is going to really give them any kind of challenge anytime soon. That's the easy one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no kidding. So we'll move on from there. Uh, what do you think of the National League West, which I don't think that's going to be quite as easy because I can see a couple of teams battling it out. And I don't know which way uh, you're going to go on that, but it's still kind of easy because I think there's I think there's three teams there you can pretty much rule out right off the bat. Right. So it's basically going to be the same thing again. Is it the Dodgers or is it the Giants? Yep. That's what that that's that division. You know, the Rockies, you know, even like with the Rockies, you look at players, you look at guys like Arenado, you know, you know that he's a Rocky because of the ridiculous home and road splits. So <laughs> until you see somebody who doesn't have that, you won't really know that, that that's a capable team. They can try to they can try to do whatever they want to do. They can try to humidify the baseballs, they can try to push the walls farther back but you never really feel like you're going to get much out of the Rockies. The Diamondbacks, I think the Diamondbacks are really regretting the whole Zach Reinke thing. That that just didn't really really go the way I think they were expecting it to. San Diego, boy, I mean, San Diego has got to be down there as one of the worst teams in baseball. So, yeah, there's three out. So... It's right where we were again. Is it the Dodgers? Is it the Giants? As it's probably going to end up being, it probably will be both. You'll probably have one get in and one get in as the wild card. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a situation like that again because the East isn't very good. You know, and the East is a very the East is a very similar situation where there's basically let's rule out three teams and let's keep two other teams that are that are that are somewhat decent. So yeah. There's there's always a surprise team. You know, we, we've had it over the last few years. You know, you've had like the, the Kansas City, you know, just where nobody really it was it didn't really see it coming, and then they just there there it was. Last year it was Cleveland, I think, but I had that. I was that's why it was funny when you texted uh Twittered uh, you know, you tweeted about uh somebody had said something about Cleveland and you sent that my way. You know, and my response back to you was, I had them last year before it was cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, people want to be all over Cleveland now. But I was the one, I believe, on this same show last year who actually had Cleveland to win the Central. And that, you know, even you were like, oh, Cleveland? I was like, yeah, everybody, everybody knew it was going to be Detroit, right? Um, right. There's always a team like that. So it's going to be identifying who that is. I don't think one of those three is coming from Arizona, Colorado, or San Diego. I just don't see it. There's, there's too much at the top with the pitching of the Dodgers, the, 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 the pitching of the Giants. The Dodgers hit better. I think overall the Dodgers are known as more of an offensive ball club, but you know what? San Francisco still wins their 88, 90 games. They score runs. They're, they're not horrible. They just don't have a lot of guys, you know, Hunter Pence and Brandon Croft. They don't have a lot of guys that just make you jump up and go, ooh, yeah. I'm I'm drafting all those giants on my fantasy team. They're not a sexy team, so people pay no attention to them. The Cubs broke the jinx last year with the Giants flipping back and forth, right? You know, the Giants winning every other year. The Cubs broke that for us. 
So I'm going to go Giants to finish second and make the wild card with the Dodgers first. I think the Dodgers are just the overall stronger team. Plus, they, they, I mean, they run Kershaw out there. I mean, that's almost a automatic every time. I mean, I know the other side, they have Bumgarner, but, man, that's just they're good. And they can hit. Nobody pays attention to those West Coast teams, but the Dodgers really do legitimately have a very good offense. I mean, they they, they really gave the Cubs a battle in the uh, in the uh, NLCS, and that's most of those guys are coming back. You know, Seager's there again all year. Uh, he was really good. They still got Adrian Gonzalez. You know, you know we know Puig's a head case, but overall, up and down. That's a pretty solid roster. So I'm going to give it to the Dodgers to win the division and have the Giants uh, real close behind them again. Very similar to last year. You mentioned Arizona regretting the Zach Grinke thing. The one, the thing they might regret more than that even is the Shelby Miller deal because they yep. gave up uh, Dansby Swanson, the number one overall pick to Atlanta, and everyone thinks he's going to be a stud. And they're looking pretty silly right now with Shelby Miller because Shelby Miller was awful for them last year. Uh, so I have Arizona uh, dead last in the West. Poor Paul Goldschmidt, poor AJ Pollock. They're they're fighting and grinding for a team that's completely in flux that has way too many question marks. Uh, a lot of veterans on the team, but not a, not a lot of really good veterans. So. I'm going to actually have them finishing below San Diego. I've got San Diego fourth, although I like a lot of their young talent. They're highly ranked in all the uh, uh, production, uh, product, or uh, not production, but uh, prospects, uh, rankings. The, there's a lot of Padres on that list, and, and they've also got uh, Will Myers breaking out and figuring out how to play. So that was a, a good thing to see. I'm a fan of his. Uh, the talent just needs experience, and, and uh, they might be something to contend with uh, in the future once they once they get some playing time. I actually have Colorado finishing third in the NL West. Uh, I guess I'm impressed by they have a – first of all, they have a starting pitcher that actually uh, is decent. He, he can pitch at cores and away from cores, which is extremely rare, this kid John Gray. Uh, so right off the bat, you when you have an ace, when the Rockies have an ace, they tend to be uh, a lot tougher than normal because it's so hard to find somebody that can actually pitch in Coors Field. Uh, so that's very intriguing. Greg Holland's rebirth uh, as a closer is intriguing. We'll see how long that lasts. They have real hitting, uh, not just at home, but they actually, uh, I, I think those guys, Arenado and, and Carlos Gonzalez, they do have home road splits slanted towards home, but not like it used to be. Not not quite as bad as some of the other home roads. But this isn't Dante Bichette and, and Ellis Burks and, and some of those guys, uh, Vinny Castilla. Those guys had ridiculously bad home road splits for Colorado. It's not quite that bad. I actually think uh, some of those guys can hit on the road a little bit. Um, I Like you said, L.A. and San Francisco, two and one, doesn't – really matter which way you go i'm gonna go with the dodgers second and i do have them winning one of the wild card slots in the national league what amazes me about the dodgers is how their payroll is sort of like it reminds me of the 2000 new york yankees the the, the yankees of the 2000s they just add whoever they if, any, if there's any veteran out there that's being uh, overpaid or or 
uh, a team isn't doesn't want them anymore, they'll bring them on. The Dodgers will say, yeah, come on in. We'll, we don't care. We'll be over the luxury tax. We'll be over whatever. Their payroll is going to be $700 billion. They don't care. They just bring in everybody, and whoever plays well, plays well. And they've let everybody kind of shake themselves out. Uh, they're, they're like those Yankees without the rings, but – to just keep plugging away. It's a different style. It's, it's, it's solely different from the Cubs. That's for sure. The Cubs are not just bringing men, anybody off the street. They're very selective. The Dodgers, just whoever wants to come in, come on in. They got that all lefty rotation going. So we'll see how that works. That might be a bit of a challenge, uh, throwing out four left-handers in a row like that. Uh, Puig is always a challenge, like you said. Uh, but I, I, I still think, they have enough talent to put together a run to get to, to 90 wins. I'm going to take the Giants to win the division uh, because I think their biggest uh, weakness has been closer for the last few years. And they finally addressed that with Mark Melanson. They had Santiago Casilla. They're trying to prop him up, and he finally fell apart last year. Sergio Romo uh, is not the answer. Melanson, that's the answer. He's, he's coming to the rescue. They were desperately in need of that closer. Had a nice addition uh, with the third baseman, Eduardo Nunez. He's underrated. And a nice addition by subtraction of Jake Peavy. You know, my big deal with the Giants is those old starting pitchers, Peavy and Matt Kane and uh, all those guys throughout the years. They're starting to subtract them. Peavy's gone. Kane is sort of hanging around. See if he's got a little bit left. But I think eventually they got, they're going to give up on that, too. And I'll just make room for any young guys that want to come in and, and bolster that rotation. So I'm going to take the Giants to be on top and win the West. The uh, the National League seems pretty straightforward here. Yeah, like you said, the East is very similar. There's two teams on top and the other three kind of rebuilding. Yeah, you know, and honestly, when I look at the east i would i would almost say it's a it's two and a half teams because i i when i do look at i look up and down the rosters clearly you have washington that's just right ridiculously deep i mean that that team is so deep it's 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 insane um that rotation that offense i mean obviously they're with, with bryce harper and zimmerman and it, it's ridiculous what those guys have and then you've got the Mets with all the pitchers, you know, with, with Syndergaard, DeGrom, Harvey. I mean, there's one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. There's your there's your killer uh, rotation if you're going into a playoff series. You know, if you don't you don't want to face those guys in a five-game series. <laughs> you just don't, you know. So will the Mets be there? They clearly have the team to do it. But, you know, the interesting team in that division to me is Miami. Because I really, I really like what Miami is doing. Uh, you when you look at their offense, you can see the way they're building that team. Their their lack of depth is going to come in their starting rotation, but overall, offensively, I have to say, I'm I'm mildly impressed with the Miami Marlins. You know, I, I like the guys that they have. You know, Yelich is a star uh, in you know in the making. If he's not one automatically already, you know, Stanton's there. I like that. I, I like that team. But I just don't think that they're going to have the rotation to keep them in it the whole year. But don't be surprised if we get to around the trade deadline and we start hearing about Miami being buyers looking for maybe a little bit of rotation help because I could see them at that point 
within a few games of, of let's say, maybe the Mets or the Nationals in, in a position to make a move. When you look at the bottom two teams in that division, oh, boy. I, I don't <laughs> even see rebuilding that much. Atlanta has got a pipeline, but I, I think it's it's a ways off. Like you said, you talked about Dansby Swanson. They've got Ender and Ciarte. I mean, they, they've got guys, but when Bartolo Colon is your number two starter, oh, no. He'll eat your innings. He'll eat your dinner, too, but oh, he'll eat your innings. Yeah. that. So, so Atlanta's out, and Philadelphia might be the worst team in baseball. <laughs> it's possible. Wow. Philadelphia might be right there with Cincinnati. Uh, I think Cincinnati and Philadelphia are really going to duke this one out. Pennsylvania and Ohio will not be very proud with some of their baseball this year because, you know, with, with, with the, I mean, except for the Indians, that may be the only crown jewel in those two States between Pittsburgh. That's fallen apart. That's, that's a train wreck. You, you've got the, the Phillies who are just terrible. And then you've got the reds that are the dregs. I mean, you've got some really bad teams there. So again, just like with the West it boils down to the Mets and the nationals, you know, I think overall, the Nationals have got the whole been there, done that aspect more than more than the Mets have. And then, of course, the Nationals, you know, prior to last season, uh, yanked away Murphy from the Mets and just added that, you know, to their to their arsenal. And then he was out. Of, did he win the batting title last year? Because he was pretty dang close to it. He lost it by a hair to the great DJ LeMahieu. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So, yeah, the great, the great. Another another Cub, another former Cub. Um, yeah, the great DJ LeMahieu uh, ended up beating him out for that at the end. But yeah, he was right there in it for the whole year. So, again... It's just like deja vu all over again. Who's going to break up the party between Washington and New York? Or who's going to break up the party between the Dodgers and the Giants? This is I just don't see. It really is the haves and the have-nots. You've pretty much got your five teams for the postseason like right there. And it's pretty sad, but I don't see it being any different than Washington and New York one and two LA and San Francisco. And then you got the Cubs as the only ones coming out of the central. And I hate to have it be that predictable, but in the national league, it feels that predictable. Yeah, it really does. Um, I I'm, I'm with you. I got the Mets in Washington as my, as playoff teams as well, along with the giants and Dodgers. And of course the Cubs, um, I'm only taking the Mets over the, the, the Nationals to win the the, the, the division, the NL East, uh, only because Washington's going back to their old days. They they got Blake Trinan as their closer, so they're going right back to before they had Melanson, where they're trying to figure out uh, who their closer is going to be, and they're throwing any old guy uh, in the role that they don't know if he can do the job or not. So they're they're back to what they used to be. Uh, so hey, if you don't care, I don't care. I, I'm I'm going to take you to finish second to the Mets, um, and the Mets of course have their closer. Uh, suspended jury's familiar but only for uh, a, a couple of weeks not for a whole month he didn't get to fool a role as chapman he got about a half of one uh, so that's good for them good news 
their assortment of killer arms, of course, have to stay on the bump. They have to stay on the mound. It's the only thing holding the Mets back is, is the health of their pitchers. Uh, well, actually, Michael Conforto not playing might be holding him back, too. If you, if you read all these Internet guys and it, all the stat geeks and, and uh, all the metric guys that can't believe Michael Conforto can't start in, in the outfield over Jay Bruce, they're having conniption about it. So uh, maybe that's holding him back as well. But the talent always rises. You know, eventually, if he's that good, he'll force his way into the lineup, I would think. Uh, what's the only thing interesting, and it doesn't matter about the three bottom teams in the NL East, but I do want to keep an eye on it. It's completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter at all because we both think that they're going to finish out of the playoff picture. But I do want to keep an eye on it because we have it completely reversed how we see the NL East. I have Miami finishing last in the NL East because I think uh, Jose Fernandez is an insurmountable loss on and off the field. I, I try not to put too much value in the off the field stuff, uh, the locker room stuff, the camaraderie and all that stuff. But I think in his case, it really might make a difference uh, missing his leadership. He was going to be one of the top aces in baseball. He was on his way. If he wasn't there already, he was going to be an absolute missile uh, going straight to the top of major league baseball. And by apparently by his own hand, we, you know, I, uh, got on people's case for judging him and, and saying that it was his fault for the boat crash before they had any information. And now the information is out, the investigation, the actual facts are out that he apparently was the one driving and was under the influence of, of substances. So that's a shame. That's, that's really too bad to hear. Uh, but when you take a piece like that off a team, that's, I, I understand he wasn't Clayton Kershaw, but imagine the Dodgers, without Clayton Kershaw at the top of their rotation, just not even out for a little while, just out, just not there, just completely disappeared. What a huge difference that makes on your team. And I think he really was the Clayton Kershaw of the Miami Marlins and their young time. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to have, you know, they're, they're going to be 40 and 122. Uh, they do have a lot of young talent in, in their position players, but they really are missing that humongous hole at the top of their rotation. I think their ace now is Wei Yin Chen. And I'm sorry, that kind of drop, that makes a difference. It really does. So I've actually got the, the Marlins finishing fifth. I've got Atlanta finishing fourth. And I think they could be third in the division of Dansby Swanson as the big year that people are saying he might have. And if their bullpen options step up when – Jim Johnson eventually implodes, which we all know he will at closer because he always does. Uh, they, they might move up, but I've got them fourth. And I actually have the Philadelphia Phillies third in the, in the NL East because I do like their rebuild. I love their young arms. They all have strikeout potential, that rotation. It, I know it's a bunch of guys no one's ever heard of at the moment, but in a few years, I can see a rotation of Aaron Nola, Jared Eichhoff, Vince Velasquez, all those guys have some really good arms, especially Velasquez. I can see that being a, a, a one, two, three at the top of a rotation for the Phillies that's actually trying to contend for something. I actually like those guys, and I like their position players. I know Michael Franco doesn't have much, a lot of plate discipline, but he's got a lot of pop in that bat. I, I like him. I like Odubel Herrera, the center fielder. I like Cesar Hernandez, a second baseman. Freddie Galvez, a shortstop, a, a decent middle infield combination. I actually think the Phillies are building towards something and, and sort of going somewhere. So 
that's a little something for us to keep an eye on. We sort of got the NLEs flipped for those bottom three teams there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting for us. I don't think it's going to be interesting for the average uh, fan of baseball <laughs> because it's, it, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be an, a lot of very good baseball overall um, being played. You've got to strictly be a fan of those teams looking for glimmers of something, uh, you know, those little flashes. But, you know, where who's that surprise team in the National League? Who is going to come in and who's going to bust this thing up? And I, I just, I look, you know, you're looking for it and I, and I just don't see it. You know, last year, I, last year, I liked Cleveland. That That's the one I can go back to. That was the one that was a little bit out there, um, but you could see the depth in the rotation. I, you know, I liked what I saw. I, I love, I thought that they had a killer rotation going into last season. Then they ended up having not just a, a good rotation, but they had excellent pitching, um, you know, I mean, losing Carlos Carrasco for them could have been the difference between them possibly winning the World Series and not winning the World Series right there. Um, Not having that extra guy to go one more man deep. I don't see a team in the National League that's got that potential up and down that's going to, you know, we're like, it's just a team of hidden gems. And it it just, it's sad because you you don't want it to be for a 162-game season. It's not really a race to the finish. It's just like, oh, it's just, get these five teams healthy to the postseason so we can watch the same thing that we watched again last year. Well, there's not much you can do when you have so many, look, look at all the teams in the national league that are rebuilding. So you can just take them right out of being the surprise team because they're trying to, they're in between trying to lose and have already torn everything down and are just now trying to build up. How many teams outside of those five that we picked to make the playoffs are actually trying to win this year? What the, the Cardinals, the, the, the pirates, the Rockies, um, and maybe the Marlins. And that's about it. Everyone else is rebuilding. So we, we can't make them any surprise teams. So the, the choices are very, very, the pickings be slim for teams that are trying to compete. That, that we want to pick as a surprise. It's, it's really hard when so many teams are, are in the midst of rebuilds like that. Yeah. So uh, it's, have, uh, uh, it's, a, it's the Cubs. We, we're, we're not going to finish this in 10 minutes. So I no. think we can be casual. We're flying casual. No, I, was, I was about to set it up. We got nine live minutes left. Uh, those of you interested in our American league breakdown, we'll obviously be continuing it in the after show. Uh, if you're interested, if you're listening live, first of all, God bless you. And second of all, if you want to hear the entire podcast, this live portion and the after show, there's many different ways for you to do that. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just search for a much less detailed podcast. If you have a podcasting app that you love, you can check it out and search for in much less detail on that app and see if we're on there and you can subscribe on that app. Uh, the apps that I know that we are a part of would be TuneIn, Mixcloud, Player.fm, and Blueberry. And you can also go to subscribebyemail.com and punch us up, and you will get the show sent to you via email when it is all done. Or you can come back here to the live show page, blogtalkradio.com, slash in much less detail, and scroll down to the bottom of the page, and our podcasts are all listed right there. And when this is done in an hour or so, It'll appear on the live show page in its entirety. 
You can communicate with the show via email. You would send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. You can follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. And you can look at all of our football picks, because this is ostensibly a football show, on our blog year-round, anytime you want. Those picks are, the blog are, uh, site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. So with that out of the way, just, you're right, we can relax and, and go into the American League, knowing we're going to spill into the after show with that. Uh, so starting in the American League Central, a uh, couple of teams right there off the top that are in the midst of rebuilds. So that's pretty much a, a three-team race with one team, your team, the Cleveland Indians. Right now at the top, do you see them once again staying at the top? Yeah, it's not easy to do. I mean, that's that's the one thing, you know, you think about all the energy that that team, you know, expended getting to the World Series, you know, making the run. It's a tremendously deep team. I, I, I think that we, in hindsight, you know, you, and, you know, a lot of people look back and, you know, and think, well, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, Cleveland. It's easy to look back and then realize that that was a team that was just on the cusp of putting it all together and they did. And you look at the way that they dominated their way in upset fashion, mind you, these teams that they were beating in the American League playoffs were all expected to beat them. They were the upset team. Now, of course, that they did all that and they went to the World Series, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. Of course it's going to be the Indians. We knew it all along. Yeah, you, this, this is the kind of stuff that you're going to hear. But the rotation is still... A monster. I mean, Kluber, Carrasco, you know, Salazar, uh, you, you know, Tomlin, and was Bauer, uh, and you know, and Bauer's their 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 number five guy, and he's not horrible. I mean, he'll still go out there. He'll still eat up innings. He is the 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 talent that hasn't quite reached his potential in that lineup. So if Trevor Bauer can somehow get himself right and get this all figured out and live up to all the hype and potential that he had, you know, watch out. Um, but overall, you know, all of these names that weren't quite household names before the world series that are like Lindor. Um, oh my God. Yeah, with Santana, you know, and then you think of the guys that they didn't have. You think of the, the Yan Gomes, Michael Brantley, what probably their was their best offensive player or looked at as their best offensive player who didn't even play in the postseason. And now he's back. I think it's really hard not to give it to Cleveland. Um, Detroit, you know, it's nice that they got Justin Verlander back into form. Justin Verlander learned how to not just throw 100 miles an hour. He learned actually how to pitch and use his stuff. And not just try to, you know, right, to the eighth inning, and I'm just going to keep blazing 99 and 101 mile an hour fastballs by people. Look at me, you know. That's that's nice, uh, but that's not going to win you a lot. So now that he's sort of turned around. I think that makes Detroit more competitive. So I think that this is a tighter division between Cleveland and Detroit. So it could be interesting late. I think the bloom is off the rose for Kansas City. I really do. I think they had their run and it was nice, but I don't think what they had was completely sustainable. I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas city by this point in the middle of the season is in sell mode and they start looking to try Cause they have to start trying to think about money. Uh, they got their re they got their ring. 
they got there twice and then they got the one ring. But I think seriously, Kansas City is going to start to sell pieces off. Your White Sox are intriguing because of all the acquisitions. It'll be interesting to see with the White Sox what they can make. Can they almost pull a Cubs, you know, with, with these guys that they are accumulating the talent? Um, you know, Yohan Mankata coming over. Uh, they, they traded off, uh, you know, they got rid of Adam Eaton. They, you know, they're getting rid of these pieces. They get Lucas Giolito. They get this Michael Kopech who throws, like, throw the ball through a, a, a cinder block wall offensively. You know, not the greatest. They're not horrible. But I, you know, there's, there's guys on this White Sox roster that will be gone by midseason. And if they do the right thing and pull the right strings, you'll see Jose Quintana gone. You'll see Todd Frazier gone. You'll start to see more of these names gone with the primary goal being the acquiring of, of big-time prospect talent. It's what the Cubs did. White Sox are just four or five years behind what the Cubs did. And as you've pointed out, do they have the right people making the decisions, you know, not everyone can be Theo Epstein. Do they have the right guys making the decisions, scouting the talent, trying to realize who to go get? But as these guys come up and they start filling in, I think it at least makes the White Sox exciting. They haven't been that in a while. Last few years, they've just been bad. I think this year they'll be bad, but they'll be they'll, they'll be bad and exciting. I think, doesn't this sound a lot like what we talked about with the Cubs about four years ago on this very same show, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to be bad, but they're going to be bad and at least fun to watch, <laughs> you know, and that was sort of year one of the cub rebuild. You saw a plan. If the White Sox truly have a plan and they can stick with it. And I think the success of the Cubs on the North side for as many years as the Cubs are going to be successful, kind of let the White Sox fly under the radar and try to do this the right way. Um, and then there's the twins who are, there are the twins. They're just, it's not very good. They're there. They didn't get contracted back in, what was it, 98 or whatever it was. So, hey, good for them. We're still We're here. Still around. That should be that should be the Twins logo for this year. We're still here. The Minnesota Twins. We're still here. Yeah. They're here and with a new stadium, so they're definitely not going anywhere. They got a brand new spanking new stadium. That target field up there. You've been, you've been there, right? I haven't been to the new stadium, no. Oh, okay. I want to go. I really yeah, want to go. I, I hear it's I, no, I hear it's the jewel. There. I mean, I hear it's I, I yeah. hear it's an amazing place to go watch a baseball game. Um, you know, if the Cubs have, end up coming around up this way again, maybe I try to find an excuse to drive over there. Although the, the time that I actually went and saw the Twins just play, I think the Rays because I was in the cities, much easier ticket to get. Yeah. <laughs> That would not be a very difficult ticket. Yes, that's that's, that's for sure. Um, I, I feel so uh, down about not picking the Indians last year because you're reminding me over and over that you had them as your surprise team. I, I yeah. feel the need to point out that I did pick them second, and I did talk about that rotation, which could be a, a, a killer rotation. Yeah. And so I, I saw them coming. I just didn't see them coming that fast. That's all. 
Uh, but I did have them second in the Central last year, and I do have them first in the Central this year. That's what it looks like when a team full of potential puts it all together. That's it right there. Uh, you know, the, the Cubs are the the alpha of what it looks like, but that's what it looks like with the, when the Indians as well. It wasn't quite to the Cubs level, but that was pretty damn good. And they're going to add Edwin Encarnacion and his parrot to their to their uh, lineup. And so that's a nice little piece to, to add. Good 35 home runs right there. Uh, so they, they paid a lot of money to add that piece, but he should be worth it. And when you are that close to the World Series and you think that might be the missing piece, you pay whatever that piece needs and you put that piece in your lineup. So good on the Indians for doing that. And I will pick them to win the Central this year. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, that Ned Yost magic wore off the bloom is off the rose, just like you said. Uh, but they still know how to win close games. I think the rotation is, is sneaky tough, despite losing Giordano Ventura to uh, uh, similar to Jose Fernandez. Uh, uh, he's he's out. He's on the injured list with death uh, due to his own hand, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, obviously not quite the same impact. Uh, they got some guys in that rotation that can uh, do some things that, that you. you wouldn't necessarily think of, but uh, when you look at Danny Duffy and what he's put together the last couple of years, and you look at Ian Kennedy coming over from San Diego a couple, <clears throat> couple of years ago, uh, Jason Vargas is a, a good veteran. Jason Hamill is a good veteran pitcher. Nate Carnes is a good, uh, good young arm from the, from the Rays organization. There's some guys there that can do some things and, of course, we remember the three-headed monster in the bullpen. There's only one of those heads left now in Kelvin Herrera, but a lot of people would say that might have been the most raw, talented arm of those three of the three-headed monsters because he was coming in there in a lot of pressure situations, bringing a hundred and and with movement, and people didn't know what to do with themselves, and that was getting the ball rolling onto Wade Davis and Greg Holland, and that that was the guy that was setting, sort of setting up the setup so to speak. And so now he's the man, he's the closer. So I got the Royals finishing second. I think they're still a good solid team. I got the Tigers finishing third. Uh, no more pressure on them to try to get all those veterans to win a world series. Now that their owner, Mike Illich uh, is on the injured list due to death. Uh, but they're, they're relying on guys. I don't think will make it through the entire year. Those veterans, a lot of like really uh, old veterans that the, that the Tigers have in their, uh, their rotation and also in their lineup. Uh, we talked about Verlander that I, he did bounce back. He did seem to s sort of learn how to pitch a different way, but how long is that going to last? You know, he, he, he did sort of rebound, but I don't know if I believe in that. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman got all the money after coming over from Washington. He hasn't been all that. Uh, and they're still trying to go with Francisco Rodriguez as their closer. I don't know if that's going to last. I don't know how long Miguel Cabrera can keep going. He's been very, very productive, but seems like he's missing a few games here and there every year, more and more. Uh, and Victor Martinez at DH is, is ancient. So I don't, I, there's just too many pieces there that have the potential to sort of break down as the season goes on. So that's why I don't think the Tigers will be contending in the end. And we talked about the White Sox and Twins sort of doing rebuilding. Uh, and I got the White Sox finishing last because their rebuild is so 
at the beginning of the, they're at the beginning stages. There's so many pieces they have that they still need to get rid of. And hopefully they get a lot back and they, they get the right pieces back in return. But uh, you talked about Frazier and uh, Jose Quintana, uh, Jose Abreu still there. Uh, Melky Cabrera is still there. There's a lot of veterans that they need to still sell off uh, to get more pieces uh, to really go like the Cubs and go full rebuild. They haven't even begun the full rebuild. Getting rid of sale is one thing, but they really got to tear it all the way down. Anyone decent on that team is getting moved before the year is over. And then the rebuild really begins, and then we'll see uh, where they go from there. So I got the Twins finishing fourth, not because I think the Twins are any good, but because the White Sox are in the middle of a complete teardown. Uh, I don't think the Twins rebuild is turning a corner either. I think they're in the middle of their sort of rebuilding process. And I, I don't know if there's a lot of talent there that I really like on the horizon. Um, and the veterans that are left behind uh, are, are very unimpressive. Joe Maurer has been hitting 260 for the last three years. So he appears to be about done. Um, and Brian Dozier is their big power guy, but that's just one guy. There's uh, Miguel Sano at third base. He might be a, a power guy, but he's still on the rise. Uh, I don't know what's happening with Byron Buxton. They, they keep waiting for him to break out and, and be their big star, their their five tools guy. And he might he might turn into the next Corey Patterson, where he's a five tool guy, where you're just waiting and just keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting, and he never makes it. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. But right now, I don't think is looking too good and that rotation is just ugh. I don't like anybody in that rotation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're saving sort of the best for last year because I think that the West and the East are the most compressed divisions uh, that we have. I think that there are more combinations in these final two divisions um because I think you have a lot of teams with some potential to do good things in, in a much tighter grouping where we don't have that in the rest of the divisions. Um, so I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of excited here for these last two, but yeah, you're, you're right in, in the central. Yeah. Cleveland. I mean, we both have Kansas city and Detroit flipped. I mean, and you talking about the, the tigers makes me realize that. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is an extreme veteran group. And, they, they they have with the veteran group they have the talent i think it's going to still play out enough that they can hold on to a second place finish here this year but if they start accumulating injuries those those guys start missing considerable time or they're just old and bad detroit has nothing waiting to come up that that goes no, from that goes from good to bad to worse like within one season, they could look great on May 1st and be in fourth place by August 31st. If that doesn't all pan out and those old guys all hold up because there is the cupboard is bare. There is nothing in that system that's going to be able to come up and fill in any of those missing holes and make an immediate impact. So I do worry about the tigers because their window if it's not closed, it's, I mean, it's like barely, you can feel the, you can't barely feel the air coming through the gap in that window for the Tigers. And they had such a big window that, that they were really good in and were really never able to do much and capitalize on it. And now that thing is shutting. And I think after this year, that thing slams tight and Detroit is going to be 
brutal for a few years after this one. And it even could start this year. Yeah, they're sticking Tyler Collins out there as their center fielder, as their big, here's our youth movement. Here's our young guy that we're going to stick in. It's going to really make a difference. The only thing Tyler Collins is known for is sticking his middle finger up to everybody when they were booing him after he lost the ball and the light. So that's their, if that's their big jewel of their <laughs> young guys that they're bringing up, they are fucked. They are royally fucked. Yeah, that, that, that system that system is, is ice cold. I mean, we talk about teams that have – uh, you know, considerable minor league talent, you know, and I look at the Tigers right now. Uh, the Tigers have, can you take a wild guess here how many Tigers prospects are in the top 100 right now? Oh, Lord. What, three maybe? One. Oh, jeez. <laughs> One, and the guy is an A-ball, okay? Oh, my God. So not only is that a crapshoot when you're putting a guy in a ball anywhere on a prospect list because you just don't know um, the guy that is in their top 100 I've never heard of. And it basically is on average, you know, the accumulation of his what number he is at rank wise. I'd say if I accumulated his number and gave him a number in that top 100, he's close to 80. That's the only tiger. The only one in the top 100 like White Sox rankings. five years ago. <laughs> right. And, you know, most of the White Sox ones now are accumulated, very Cub-like again. Where, But the Cubs had the homegrown stuff and the accumulated prospects. And then, again, the Cubs are such a not normal circumstance. We can't even equate anything to that because you and I have marveled over this couple of years run up here for the Cubs of everybody's worked out. I mean, everybody's yeah, coming up and impacting. It's not one of these issues where three guys come up, two of them are a bust, and you get your one gem. Literally, they're everybody they're bringing up is impact. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We were hearing so, about it, them. All, the, yeah. all through every level of the minor leagues, we were hearing, oh, this guy's a stud too. This guy's a stud. Oh, my God, this guy. And then me being able to watch them come in and play against the, the Memphis Redbirds a few times a year and got to see the, oh my God, look at how hard Javier Baez hit yeah. that ball. Oh my God, Addison Russell's crazy. Oh my God, Chris Bryant. So it, yeah, did everything came together. They drafted correctly and they acquired correctly as well when they traded off veteran pieces to get minor leaguers and, and yeah that's that's why it looks like this that's why they they won 105 games and are favored to win probably something around that many again because when you draft well and acquire pieces correctly and, and put it all together that's what it looks like so all these teams the white Sox, the the twins all these rebuilding teams the tigers might be on their on the road to rebuilding they're all going to try to do uh, what the Cubs did, and, and good luck to them. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you didn't talk much about your White Sox, but you you have to at least appreciate that they're trying. Yeah, you know it. I know you don't have the faith. You don't have the faith yet because this is you got to show me. You got to see it. They don't have the track record of doing it. Where at least you know with the Cubs. You had to have the faith, in, at least in the guy. You had faith in Theo Epstein that he's done this before. He's going to work a plan. Let's have some faith. I already, you know, let's see what he can do. He knows what the problems are. For the White Sox, this has been an ongoing problem. 
But you can't complain with the results so far. I mean, they got rid of Chris Sale and basically, basically got back the number one prospect in baseball. Um, and then Kata had a nice spring. His service time is service time. It's the only thing keeping him off of his roster to start to start the season. That is it. The extra year of eligibility is all, is all the only reason that he is not their starting second baseman. Um, to start, to start the year. He's a butcher. Oh, he's not ready yet. He's not ready. Ryan, Ryan wasn't ready, right? right? That's right. Until uh, 10 uh, days uh, after uh, the season started. And he became because ready Mike magically. Holt, because Mike, Mike Holt earned that spot. spot. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so, so who's in Is it Mike Holt? He's the one, the one right now. Right now. He's earned who, the spot. Tyler Saladino, this ugly-ass mustache, has yeah, earned yeah. the spot at second base. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the future. He's the future. We, we like what Tyler Saladino does for your team yeah, until about <laughs> April. <laughs> Whatever the cutoff is. Yeah, that's a little inside joke. I like what Pokey Reese does for my team. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, so, I cannot argue with anything the Sox have done right now. I'm not going to go crazy over it because it's still very early. But, yeah, absolutely. So far, so good. Uh, you know, the sale trade, you, you you got what you could for him. Obviously, the Red Sox had soured for whatever reason on Moncada, and we're, able, and we're willing to give him up. So that's, that's a crapshoot. That's a coin flip. If it's, you know, it's high ceiling, high floor, if it's, the floor yeah. is he might be a head case. He might be the next Puig and the ceiling is he might be great. So no problem at all with that. And absolutely no problem with throwing Adam Eaton, who's completely useless on a rebuild, throwing him away for Lucas Giolito, who was thought of as a very, very high pitching prospect. I, I believe I called that a rape trade at the time it happened. So obviously I'm happy with that. Uh, so yeah, so far so good. Let's, let's keep it going, boys. Don't stop now, boys. Yes. Yeah. Although, Although this could be a seventy-win team, it's fine. But you might feel it good about be. because, yeah, if they're doing well, it right, it should be. Right, Nate Robertson is gone. That's another you, you one. Know, I Frazier, it, be right, he, he needs to be gone immediately. Right. So you know, we got we, we got we talked. This has been a very Cubs-dominated show over the last few years with this run-up here. So we'll give your White Sox a little talk. We didn't talk. We haven't just had much good to say about them or much to say in general. Um, I did mention it on one of our shows. Um, right, at, it wasn't long after the Cubs won the World Series, and the, the Sox were starting to make their moves. and And I had brought them up in a positive way. I think you were still a little bitter uh, <laughs> about the Cubs because basically you told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. You, know, you hit that button and, and uh, you know, reactions. I, I, yeah, you know, I may, I'm still basking in the, in the glow of the cubdom here. You know, I mean, I don't know if that ever goes away. It shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, and they should be good for a while. So at least I get to watch good competitive baseball, exciting baseball for a while. They're not going to, no, they're not going to win the world series every year. But, you know, if they go all the way this year or they make it to the, the World Series and lose or make it to the NLCS and lose, it, it's not that knife in the heart like it's always been before. 
you know, it takes a little bit of the sting away. 2016's always there. That's right. It's not like having a 25 point lead in the Super Bowl and blowing it. <clears throat> so yeah, moving we on. Got, uh, <laughs> we got six playoff picks so far between the two leagues, and they're all the same. So as yeah. you were saying, the AL West and the AL East being a little more uh, of a mystery surrounding them. I'm guessing we're not going to have the same exact playoff teams from uh, these two divisions because for these two, I do have a couple of surprise picks. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, let's, we'll go to the West. We'll save the East. We, we love talking about the East Coast. So we'll save that for last. Um, I'll go to the West here. I This one hurts to do because I've been burned so many times before. I'm going to give it the West. I'm going to give the West to the Seattle Mariners. It is about damn time that that team puts it together. And I and I do like what they've got put together now. I don't think that this is a team where King Felix is going to go out there and he's going to lose a lot of ball games one to nothing or two to one. I think that that lineup is is fairly stacked. It's not a lot of big names. It's, I mean, other than Cano and Cruz, it's not a lot of names that people nationally might know, but they're interesting pieces. I mean, you know, Jared Dyson, very sneaky acquisition guy coming over from Kansas City. You know, all he does is steal bases. I mean, this is this is the lead, this is your leadoff hitter type guy. Get on base steal 35 40 bases put the pressure on the other team they follow him up with a better hitting version of jared dyson with gene segura who they got from milwaukee um and then the then the thunder you know with cruz cano and, and seager and that, that's that's a nice nice lineup it gets a little thin at the bottom mitch hanniger has sort of been the uh player du jour in spring training and there's always one you know oh look at this guy hit 400 in spring training what has anybody ever gotten by the way from hitting 400 in spring training uh, oh yeah nothing there's, there's not a clean line from spring training success to regular season success no. it, it doesn't quite no. work that way yeah, I seem to remember a couple, three seasons ago when, when Tywan Walker like didn't give up a run in spring training, went out in his first start and second start and third start and fourth, <laughs> fifth, sixth, and seventh start just got annihilated. So it got like a 16 ERA halfway through May. It, it was brutal. It got better. But again, what you do in the spring means absolutely nothing, you know, but at the bottom of that lineup, as with most lineups, it's a little bit. Th that one through five, one through six, that's a solid, solid team. And that rotation, uh, Hernandez, I'm looking at it right now. Hernandez, Iwakuma, Paxton, Drew Smiley, and Giovanni Gallardo. Giovanni Gallardo's a bum, but Giovanni Gallardo's <laughs> a bum when he's your number two. He's an innings eater, and he will have some good starts as a number five. It's a deep rotation. Um, I don't, I don't hate them in the bullpen. Um, but as with most teams, whoever's closing for them now, I mean, half the closers now won't be the closers halfway through the season. So you never know, 
there could be other guys, but I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to give the West to the Seattle Mariners. And I'm going to give the uh, second spot and wild card to the Houston Astros. And by doing that, you know what that means. That means I've sort of blocked out the Texas Rangers. And I had them last year correctly. Um, but I think that between Seattle, Houston, and Texas, it's going to really be sort of like this battle of attrition. I think those those three teams were all going to finish. My prediction would be within five games of each other. That's tight. I mean, that means pennant chase right up to the wire. Um, but I really do like what Houston's doing. I love that lineup. It's young. It's deep. I mean, Altuve, Correa. I mean, they brought up Bregman, Springer. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team and a lot of guys on that team that can hit. And I don't hate their pitching. Um, you know, Keuchel's a stud. And then the rest of them, you know, McCullers. I was watching McCullers pitching a little bit today. The Cubs were touching them up. But, I mean, these guys are just pitching in spring. You can see the talent when I mean, you can see what he was, what he was working on something. And when he wasn't, he was just throwing darts. I mean, they have some good pitchers on that team. Um, and again, even, even all the way down to where they're number five, uh, he wasn't a, a, a very stellar last year, but you know, Mike fires coming over from the brewers, getting his second go around here in the American league. I, I like this team. So I like them offensively. I like the youth. I mean, this, this is, this, this is, again, we hate to say the Cubs, but it's got that feel where you're starting to see a young team that's going to kind of blossom into something. Texas, to me, feels like that team that's had their chances and, and just hasn't been able to do enough with them. I don't think this team knows what it wants to be. We know it can pitch some, and we know they can hit when they want to, but I don't see this as a team that's going to be able to put it together all year long. I think that there's holes in that lineup, and they've got guys that can go through some extended, like Carlos Gomez and Napoli. You talk about guys that can go on extended droughts, and, and that's what you're looking at right there with the Texas Rangers. So I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers three, um, Oakland four, and L.A. last. I, 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 those two teams could finish tied for last for what I'm considering. They're both pretty bad. So Seattle and Houston to make the playoffs, Texan to get blocked out at the very end. So I'll revise that. We had six exact same playoff picks uh, through the first four divisions we broke down. Now we have eight exact same playoff picks through the first five oh. divisions broke down because unbelievably, even though we didn't talk at all about it, we have the exact same finish at the top of the American League West. I'm also picking <laughs> Seattle to win the division and Houston to make the wild card. It's unfucking believable. Wow. Um, yeah. You'd think we'd you, plan you, this you, out. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you, you pretty much broke it down with Seattle, too, for the reasons uh, that I I think we I'll, – I'll go a little further in explaining why specifically that I like Gerard Dyson uh, uh, coming over for – that lineup is I think we might both see it the same way. I think that kind of reminds us both of lineups of maybe of our youth that you bring over the speedy guy at the top of the lineup, Gerard Dyson, you've got the two hitter Gene Segura that makes great contact to set up the big bombers in the middle of Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz. So I, I think we both kind of see the same thing. They're like, Oh, I could see the potential of those four just 
going around in a circle and, and doing the Bugs Bunny uh, uh, Congo line around the bases all night. Um, really excited about what uh, what those guys might do. And as far as the pitching staff, uh, you mentioned Felix Hernandez, King Felix, learning how to be effective in a different way, kind of like Justin Verlander, you know, learning how to pitch a different way. Now that you're in your 30s, you can't blow everyone away the way you used to. You got to figure out how to do things differently, more breaking balls, more stuff in the dirt. And he's he's done that. He's learned how to be a different pitcher. He doesn't strike out as many as he used to, but he's still being effective. And as far as the bullpen goes, the one guy in the back there, the closer, the young kid, Edwin Diaz, he dominates. So I don't know if they got the setup guys to really stay consistent all year, but I know they got the, the, the guy at the end. I know Edwin Diaz is going to be there as a closer as long as he wants because he's young and he's got fire in that arm and, and he – will shut you down when he gets the chance. So they're very excited about him, I know. And as far as the, the Astros finishing over the Rangers, yeah, I'm I'm with you. It could be uh, within five games of each other. It could be very close. The Rangers could sneak in there very easily, and the Astros might drop out or the, or the Mariners might drop out. But I agree with you. I'm going to take the, uh, the Astros to get a wild card spot and finish second in the AL West. You talk about Keiko being a stud. They need Dallas Keiko to get that Cy Young stuff back. It seemed like he kind of fell off a little bit last year. Uh, some guys get that Cy Young and get that recognition that maybe they weren't looking for. We can go through the list uh, through the years of guys that won a Cy Young and you never heard from him again. You know, what happened to Pat Hinkin after he won a Cy Young? You never heard from him again. There's a long list of guys that, that fit that description. I, I fear that Rick Porcello might be the next guy to, to go through that this year. Um, but uh, the Nick Heiko to get back on the horse, but that lineup, I like the veterans that they added to those kids that are obviously uh, ready to break through and be big time. Carlos Correa and, and Bregman and then and Springer, you mentioned they added veterans in the offseason. Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran, Josh Reddick. These guys have been through the wars. They know how to to play through slumps. They know how to hit the ball hard, and they know how to take advantage of angles. Uh, and I think especially being left-handed in that ballpark with the Crawford boxes down there in Houston, I think all three of those guys could have big, big impact uh, in the American League this year. So really nice additions, and I think Houston's going to be there uh, contending for a wild card spot. I got them to get it. The, the, the Rangers, I don't, I don't dislike them, uh, but I, I, but I, I'm with you. I kind of feel like there's something there that maybe they really had an opportunity last year. Uh, everything was going their way. Uh, they had this crazy home record. I think they were second in all of baseball in home wins with 53, if I recall correctly. Um, and, uh, but that's there's a little bit of a magic thing there. You know, there's some voodoo going on, you know, I don't know if you can really repeat that necessarily. And uh, I think they might fall off a little bit this year, although they could surprise. There's a couple of national league arms coming over uh, that they're, they're injured and they're going to start off slow, but if they can rebound and, and play like they used to, and that'll be Tyson Ross and Andrew Kashner, if they can discover their old stuff, the Rangers could be right there once again, um, and I also want to say uh, from watching personally here down in Memphis, uh, I'm through seeing Joey Gallo come in here and, and hit balls 600 <laughs> feet 
Uh, I've seen enough of it. I'm done. I don't want to see that anymore. He needs to be in the major leagues. I know he, he's got holes in his swing. I know he strikes out a lot, but for the love of God, you know, if, if guys like Chris Carter can make a living in, in major league baseball, uh, Mark Reynolds has been striking out 200 times a year for, I don't know how many years If guys like that can make a living in the majors. I don't know why Joey Gallo can't, I think he's got as much natural, strong, uh, as much natural strength as, as, just about anyone in baseball. When I see how hard Michael Stanton hits the ball down in Miami and how far he hits it, I think Gallo can 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 rival that if you give him a chance, if you give him the opportunity at the major league level. But the Rangers refuse to do that. Uh, I understood when they had Mitch Moreland and Prince Fielder blocking him, but Prince is done. He's not there anymore. They, they reached back for a blast in the past and brought Napoli back. Uh, Give Gallo a shot. I don't know why the hell not. I'm I'm sick of seeing him coming in every year and, and bashing the ball down here in Memphis. So, but they won't do it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think the Rangers might fall back in Anaheim and Oakland. Uh, there's an air of sadness around both of those franchises because they just can't compete, especially around uh, Anaheim with Mike Trout, arguably the best yeah. all around player in the game. Uh, he yeah. just had he has to look around. Every day, he has to look around the locker room and just kind of shrug his shoulders and say, these guys I'm playing with? Come on, man. I'm playing with these guys? I, ah. Yeah, he's just got to shrug because he knows there's nothing he can do. He, he just goes out there and, and he, he can just be Mike Trout. It's all he can do and, and be awesome. And it doesn't matter. The, the Angels will not be there. So I got them finishing fourth. Uh, the, the Athletics finishing fifth. They're just perpetually rebuilding, perpetually getting rid of anyone that's any good and bringing in anyone who who's cheap and wants to come play for him. Uh, and their best asset long-term was Sonny Gray. And he hasn't looked like himself uh, last year. So, and, and so far this spring. So that was their best key. That was their, their key to sort of getting out of the morass. But now that he's fallen off, I don't know if the A's have really anything to look forward to. Well, they'll be playing like morass. I can tell you that. Jeez. Uh, I, I set you up for that one. Hey, hey! So, one last attempt for us to not have the exact same playoff teams, the American League East. Because so far, for the first five divisions, we've had the exact same playoff teams. So <laughs> that's, pretty, how do you, that's pretty crazy. It is. How do you see the East turning yeah. out? Um, well... I, I have this as the Red Sox division to lose. Uh, I, I don't like what I don't like Toronto losing Encarnacion. Uh, that's a huge hole in the middle of their lineup that they're going to really struggle to replace. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're pitching, eh, you know, Estrada, Estrada, Hap, you know, Francisco Liriano. I mean, it really, I mean, it, it, that whole rotation feels like reclamation projects. And without the extra thunder in the lineup, I think that games that they were winning, you know, eight to seven, they may start losing eight to seven. So hmm. nice little story with Toronto, but I actually see Toronto falling out of the picture. I actually have Toronto sliding down to fourth this year um, in that division. I've got Boston winning it. I mean, they're they're going for it. I mean, when you when you trade your number one prospect for a guy like Chris Sale, you're just even even you know with the retirement of Big Poppy, that is going to be I think the most talented roster 
you know, the, the, the pitching, you, you can't question what they're doing when you take a guy like Sale, rescue him from Chicago, add him in as a certifiable number one um, to be your ace. So I'm going to go with the Red Sox as a fairly easy, you know, this will be easy breezy right through the season, I think, for the Red Sox. The, the second place team, and it's going to be my wild card team, maybe a bit interesting. I'm actually going to give it to the Yankees. Um, I, I think that Toronto and Baltimore basically canceled each other out. And I can see New York, who hasn't, they, they haven't been the name on the stage for a while, but they have players, and I think they're, they're getting younger in the right way. They're giving guys like Greg Bird and Aaron Judge you know, you know, a chance to play. You know, so I think with uh, Gary Sanchez came in and he raked last year. Um, so you've got that sort of mix of veterans and young guys. And I, I, I just for some reason see this kind of coming together and, and allowing the Yankees possibly. I could see the West being strong enough that the tech that, that the Rangers could slide in as the wild card. We don't get this scenario often where the two teams from the same division play in the wild card, but I think that those teams end up beating up on each other through the end that I can see that I actually have the Yankees sliding in into that la- into that second wild card slot. I have to um, interrupt you. You're not going to believe this. Yeah. Oh, we are no. a perfect 10 for 10. We have exactly <laughs> the same playoff teams and wild what cards. What the hell? What the hell did we have a baseball preview show I, for? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're just, I can't imagine what the look on your face has been for the last couple minutes. As I well, especially just and- now with the East, I thought the Yankees as a wild card was just an outlandish. That was my big, like, oh. surprise, crazy, outlandish pick. And you're sitting there breaking I think the Yankees are going to be a wild Oh, for the love of God. Yeah, you, oh. I, you, did the hands go up? Yeah, pretty much. I can imagine you just sitting there with the hands go up like, great. He's just totally stealing my whole thing here. <laughs> pretty you know, much. Like, Grace, what I get for letting him go first. Um, <laughs> like you say, sorry. You know. I, I, hope, I hope we don't have all the same reasons. Um, but the Yankees go and they get Chapman. So... Now they've got that back end. Completely <laughs> yeah, we do pretty much down. all have the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you move Batances back in inning. I mean, come on. I mean, you've got a seven, eight, seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning with Tyler Clipper, Dellen Batances, or oldest Chapman. That that's almost like what the Royals were doing, where you can just lock down those last few innings make that a six-inning game, and I think they have a young enough, deep enough offense and good enough starting pitching. These guys aren't great. Tanaka is one pitch away from Tommy John's surgery. Everybody knows it. We've been seeing that for a couple of years now. But everybody knows that he's basically got a rubber band holding his arm together, and we're just waiting for that thing to snap. Um, you got chocolate cake. You know, There's Pineda. There's Severino. I like them enough to I, I don't know if I trust I don't trust the Orioles. You think Mark Trumbo is going to do what he did again? No. You know, <laughs> that rotation right now 
when you look at depth charts, they have three starters for the Orioles. We we have no clue because their back two guys with Miley and Tillman are hurt. So mm-hmm. I, I don't trust the Orioles. So the Orioles and the and the and the Blue Jays to me took big steps back. The Rays stink. So here's that opportunity <laughs> for the Yankees to to step in. So uh I'll allow you to perform your echo chamber <laughs> moment here and <laughs> And repeat everything you just said in different words. Concur with everything that I just said, yes. (laughs) So, Boston, uh, David Price is hurting. He's got a bad arm. Oh, look, they added Chris Sale and still have starting pitching depth. So, yes, it's Boston's division to lose. Uh, Mookie Betts is a do-it-all stud. Uh, If Pablo Sandoval is a professional and actually contributes, that's a big addition back into their lineup. Yeah, the Red Sox on top. Yankees as the wild card, yeah. Aroldis Chapman, best closer in the game, back in their bullpen. Huge addition. And adding all the youth that you talked about to the veterans that they have, Bird and, and Judge, and uh, and don't forget, midseason, if they want, they can add Glaber Torres into the mix and throw him in there as well. And so lots of young power coming out of the gate and maybe can add in Later on in the year, I think Torres makes a nice little boost. If they bring him up even earlier than midseason, maybe uh, the uh, uh, end of May, something like that, middle of May, he, I can see him winning Rookie of the Year. They can have a big boost from him if they if they choose to. So, yeah, that's my surprise wildcard team that nobody else is going to pick except for Jason. Um, <laughs> Toronto Sorry. and Baltimore, of course – being contenders as well, they will all be fighting. That's another one where they're, that's going to be those four teams, I think, within probably 10 games of each other. Uh, uh, Toronto, I've got for third. Uh, you talked about that rotation having a lot of question marks. Uh, the, the the two guys that I don't think are question marks are Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. Uh, but the problem is they're going to baby Aaron Sanchez all year and then try to limit his innings. And I don't think that's the best idea i don't know if there's i I know everyone does it with their young arms but i don't know how much imperial evidence there actually is that pitching a guy who's 22 years old 160 innings instead of 200 is is all that big of a difference and plus if you make the playoffs you're gonna have to start and you're gonna have to throw him out there for some innings and so he might wind up you know 170 180 depending on how, how long you go anyway so what the hell? We have a strict pitch count, and we're gonna baby our kid because we care about his future. Unless we make the playoffs, and then we'll blow his arm out. What you know? What the hell? What difference does it make whether you make the playoffs or not? But that's what everybody does. I would love to see a team sort of buck the trend and take a, a 21, 22 year old and just throw him out there, 200, 210 innings, see what he's got. You might have the next Nolan Ryan who can just go and go and go. You won't know until you throw him out there, but nobody seems to want to do that. Uh, so instead of using their possible ace like an ace, they're, they're going to choose to limit him and therefore limit themselves as a team. Uh, you talked about losing Ed, uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Kendry Morales taking over a DH. It's drop-off. I don't know if it's a humongous drop-off, but it is definitely a drop-off, and I think they will absolutely miss Encarnacion uh, as the season goes on. Baltimore is a fourth place team, but they might even finish over 500, but just fourth in this division, because I think this division is going to be very tough. 
they're getting old, getting a little long in the tooth. Everyone talked about this great catch that Pac-Man Jones made in the WBC. We're supposed to forget his, his off season last year. We're supposed to forget that he looked really, really bad at times last year and had people wondering what's wrong with Adam Jones. So we're just supposed to forget that because of this great catch. But it's still a solid squad. It's still a solid team overall, but I, I have them a close fourth. I, I just think there's some, some pieces that are getting a little up there in age and, and, you talked about Mark Trumbull repeating his whatever 46 homer performance that he had last year. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, and Chris Davis is just kind of always there, always ready to hit a big bomb for you when you don't really care. And when the moment is big, when you need him to do something is when he strikes out and then breaks your heart and loses the game for you. Um, and Tampa, of course, fifth, uh, they have Evan Longoria. That's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's mm, that was good like seven or eight years ago. It's it's something. That, that's all I got for you. I, I got to say something about the Rays, and that's, that's about all I can come up with. Uh, Boy, yeah, I have a hard time even looking at their roster and getting excited. Because it, it's just it, – that, that is the that is guys, you know. Yep. That is guys. Now maybe Joe Madden and guys. This tells this just tells you what Joe Madden was doing, why he's such a good manager, why they were so why the Cubs were so smart to get him. Because he would have taken this roster and probably somehow slapped 85 wins out of this thing. <laughs> but it, no. Well it, 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 it it's just it's just not there. Zobris would still be there if, if Joe was there, so that would be one addition. Um Joe used to have uh, Carl Crawford back in the day before he got his money. So he had a little more talent than this, but not much. Yeah. Right. They did this with just a lot of guys. You go back and look at that World yeah, the, Series Rays team. You know, the one that went to the yeah, World they, Series. Yeah, David Price. Had, the, the Rays aren't going to yeah. have anyone like David Price anymore. Well, you know, Chris Archer was supposed to be that guy. And you'd, you'd How many think games that did he lose? maybe... He lost a lot of games. All of his numbers outside of wins and losses really weren't that bad. His measurable statistics for you, well, what do you call it, guys? You know, your stat geeks. Uh, well, not black yeah. people. Um, but, you know, all the people who We don't who care know about no stats. numbers, man. We just watch our eyes. Why you, you got to get me going like your saber, that, man? Uh, the sabermetrics crowd, that's the word I was looking for. A lot of the underlying mm. stuff for Chris Archer outside of W's and L's was actually very good. I mean, he still was second in the league in strikeouts. Um, you know, but the ERA was up there, but the, the, the whip was fine. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He strikes out a ton of dudes. But you, he's pitching I don't know in anything about of, any of that. How many games he lose, man? That's all I care about. <laughs> Wins and loss. Right. I don't know. Nothing Felix, else. Felix Hernandez, you know, could have a 2.8 ERA and go 12 and 13, right? Mm-hmm. So Chris Archer doesn't need to improve much, but I don't know if it necessarily comes through in wins and losses. That that's going to be the problem for him is he's that ace pitcher that is stuck pitching in front of a really suspect offensive team. I mean that team, if you can find three guys in that lineup who are going to crack twenty home runs this year. Good luck. I mean, they there might be a lot of maybe there's three, 
But these guys, a lot of these guys outside of Evan Longoria, if you get a 20, 25 homer effort out of some of these guys, let's say that Steven Souza cracks 25 home runs, he's going to do it at a, with a, like a 218 average, you know? <laughs> well, maybe it, 240, it, 218. That's so, what Chris Carter's okay. going to do with 218. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that is, that is a bad, that's a bad, bad team. But that's a bad team with, acceptable starting pitching archer odorizzi cobb you know blake snell and matt andres matt andres finally gets his his cup of coffee after being sort of like that swing man long man out of the pen not a bad rotation that would be a sneaky good rotation if that team had any offensive talent so there you go we talked about the rays break it down thank you all right. And Alex Cole, and Alex Cole, Alex Colome was a legit closer last year. He was a revelation, yeah. So, 10 teams exactly the same in the playoffs. I did not go through every single playoff matchup. I just have who I have uh as the NL pennant winner, the AL pennant winner and the World Series winner. So, if you have a full playoff breakdown, yeah. that's fine, but uh, but if we have exactly the same for well, I, you already know who my World Series pick is, probably the same as yours. If you have the same team yeah. out of the AL, then we have a complete clean sweep. That would be one for the record books. I, 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 I just this. have – just with the whole – for me, what would be perfect? You know, how could you top last year? And that's what I'm looking at. So Uh-oh. I'm looking at the storyline. You're, you're going to do it. You're I got to go it. Red Sox. I got to go with the Theo Epstein. <laughs> I got to go Cubs and Red Sox. My heart. My heart is saying, in a bit of an upset, Cubs and Astros. But mm. my brain, my brain, and the storyline and the Roger Goodell in me is saying <laughs> we need a storyline. We need Cubs and Red Sox, and we need to have the Theo Epstein World Series. I have Cubs versus Red Sox in the World Series. <laughs> this is an all-time. I, you know what? Did you, did, did you get the Did you get the Russians to hack me or something? <laughs> because Blame this Russia. is ridiculous. Blame Russia. I'm blaming <laughs> Russia is. for this. Someone hacked my brainwaves. So Russia. we have every single division winner, every single wild card team. And the same World Series the exact team. Same World Series matchup. Wow. Yeah. So you know, you, so we everybody who just listened, forty five. We haven't talked about this at all. We ain't said shit about this. That's right. But fuck you for listening to our show. We agreed on everything. <laughs> That's look, hard we, hitting, right? It's there. not like we just. It's not like we're looking at the who all the favorites are on the board and yeah, just going with right. those and with no reasons. We gave oh. you full reasons and broke yeah. everything down. Why we have we just happen to have the exact same that we just happen to be. If you are new, uh, our new listener, we just happen to be best friends since the age of six. So maybe that have that might have something to do with it as it well. It could, be, but, but no, yeah, we. This has never happened. By the way, no, <laughs> we've been we have been doing this whether on the podcast or not on the podcast for decades. This right here, this has never <laughs> happened. No, we we have a lot of similar thoughts often. So, but this, the exact same teams in both leagues and the exact yeah. same 
World Series yeah. matchup. No, that, that's yeah. never happened. I'm not going outside that's tonight because it might be like the sky might be bleeding tonight. It might be raining blood or something. <laughs> something freaky is going on out there tonight because this is unbelievable. Completely unbelievable. That there's a, Well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no other explanation for it. We we have just entered the twilight zone. Yeah. A land where a dimension of, of space and time. And yeah, we need to get the Rod Serling out here tonight. Cause yeah, that's spooky, spooky. It sounds like my son knows spooky, spooky. You know, you really want to get my son going, start saying, turn off the lights and start saying spooky. And he'll walk up to you and put your hand, his hand over your mouth and tell you to stop. Cause he's getting scared. It's the Halloween show. It is spooky. It's completely it is spooky. spooky. Yeah. The only thing uh, that you and I so, are watching this year with any amount of drama is who finishes third, fourth, and fifth in the East of the <laughs> National League. Right. I told you the we Marlins do. would finish third. Ha! Ha! I have supreme <laughs> knowledge of all baseball because of who finished third in the NL East. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't always work out that way, but really I think the Chicago and Boston, they're the two best teams in their leagues. I mean, the Cubs are the best in the national league. I, I do think that Boston is the best team. And, and that is not the trendy pick. The trendy pick is everybody wants Cleveland to go back again. It's not right. easy to repeat, you know, and it's also not easy to repeat after sort of like losing the way that they lost. And again, there's no way that you can play this whole thing out over a whole season. You don't know what health is going to be like. You don't know who's going to come out and be terrible. You don't know who's going to go in a slump. You don't know who's going to call somebody up who could be a baseball. Isn't it's, this isn't like football where we're, we're picking something over a very limited window of time. And, and, and parts in football can be so interchangeable. You know, somebody can get hurt, and boom, there's another guy. You got the 53-man roster. There's a guy maybe you've never heard of, and he just comes in, and and he was just the guy waiting for his chance. Baseball, you have some of those stories. You've got to have those stories for 162 games. So you could have a guy who gets hurt, and a guy comes up off, you know, from AAA, and he just absolutely kills it for two weeks and then the other guy comes back and then that guy disappears again and doesn't end up staying up there in baseball i've always sort of thought of it as baseball versus football when you have the 16 game season versus the 162 there's so many more games there's so many more ways that things can go wrong and make your baseball prediction look really stupid because it's really really hard to predict baseball in my opinion it's a lot easier to predict what's going to happen in an nfl season it's not like we get the nfl right all the time either but it's always been easier to to do that than it does to do baseball but i've come to a newer sort of thought pattern when it comes to baseball because it was probably pointed out on some podcast somewhere I never really thought about it like this before. It's not really about the 162. It's more about like 80 because 40 games 
so every team's going to win 40 games. No one goes 40 and 122. Every team's winning 40 games. Every team's losing at least 40 games because the best mm-hmm. winning record is what 116 by the Mariners. Uh, by the Mariners. Uh, 116. 116. That was tied. That was a tie. They tied the record at 116. So everyone's winning 40. Everyone's losing 40. It's about those 80 in the middle that you got to do. So these teams that are going to be fighting each other, the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Astros and the and the Mariners, they know they're going to win 40. They know they're going to lose 40. It's about those 80 that they fight each other and who comes out on top of those. And that makes it a little more uh, tight because you can – Get you know when the Cubs play the the Reds, you can completely throw that series out the window. Those eighteen or nineteen times they play each other, because the Cubs are going to win, guaranteed to win, you know, fifteen or sixteen of those. Uh, and when the Indians play the the Twins, you can throw those out because they're guaranteed to win fifteen or sixteen. When they play those other teams that are in contention with them, that makes all the difference. Who's going to come out on top? Who's not? And who's going to? sort of set up their rotations and set up their lineups to to be optimal against those really good teams as opposed to uh, against the, the really terrible teams. So that's where it comes in, the strategy, the lineups, the who the manager is is feeling that, that week who is going to give them the best shot at winning versus who needs to maybe get a couple days of rest. That's where it all gets broken down. So it's those 80 games that you really want to pay attention to. And I think doing it this, doing it that way this year, I think will probably make baseball more enjoyable as a fan because when you have dominant teams like what we're saying here, the Red Sox and the Cubs and uh, some of these other teams, uh, obviously in the NL West, the Dodgers and the Giants, uh, and in at least the uh, Nationals and the Mets, I think that makes it a, a more enjoyable baseball season when you really focus in and make it a concentrated season on those matchups that really matter as opposed to the other ones that really don't because so many of these teams have made you have to say they don't matter they, they've thrown it out to you they've thrown it in their in your face we're not trying to win we're not trying to compete don't pay any attention to us we're trying to tear it down so we can try to build it back up don't look at us at all they're like the ugly girl that wakes up in the morning with no makeup don't look at me i'm not even presentable don't even bother so they're trying to tell you don't look at them and i think we should really oblige what they're trying to tell us and not look at them because i think that makes it a lot more enjoyable as a fan yeah i mean that's an interesting way of looking at it the way i look at it is as much as we complained about all the chalk in the national league even though you and i agreed 100 percent on the american league we still have three out of the five playoff teams from the american league that didn't make the playoffs last year. That's true. That is, you know, that's, that's, that's potentially, you know, like that, that's a big shift. If we end up knocking out, you know, the teams that had become, you know, almost staples in the postseason, and, you know, replace them with some, with some young blood here. And I think the interesting thing is there, I, I think we need some of that. And that's what was so boring about doing, or or trying to come up with what I was looking at the national league side, because the national league really is five very good teams and, you know, 10, not very good teams. I mean, it really is the haves and the have nots. And I think that's what enables the Cubs 
to to potentially go on and win somewhere in that high hundreds as far as wins go. Um, it's even worse than that. Know. It's five very good teams. It's like five other teams that are trying to compete, and then there's five teams that absolutely aren't trying to win at all. You can't even argue that they're trying to win. So that's really that, that's worse in my opinion, just for watching as a fan. Right, but and I think in the American League, I don't, I don't think you have the, you, you know, that 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 top heaviness in the American League. It, it's not as predictable. I mean, we could very easily come right back to the same teams, and we could see the Baltimore's and the Torontos and Texas again. But I, I, I think what we're looking for, you, you know, even in our picks, is that is that hope that it's not that way. You know, I, I I think we were, you know, because the other side is so easy to predict. I think in the American League side, we both identified, you know, not so much what we think is going to happen, but what we want to see. You know, how many times have you and I tried to get the Mariners to do something in the playoffs? And here we are again, <laughs> going yeah. right back to the Mariners. How hard was it for both you and I to pick the Yankees? That was not both of us would have loved nothing more than to come on the show and just dance on their grave again, but we didn't do it. it, it you know, it and looked, and, and, and like then also in recognizing, yeah, and then recognizing what Houston's doing, you know. So I get, yeah, we all get, we got to the same place, but I, is it's not necessarily the analysis of the baseball as much as I think what the baseball fan in us wants to see, which is something different. You know, you don't want to see the same 10 teams. God, you don't want to see the same 10 teams. I'd love to see <laughs> Yankees. As much as I hate the Yankees, I'd love to see Yankees Astros. That would be an exciting wild card game, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You're I mean, I, we're really setting you up. Know, yeah, I mean, we're setting up some, you know, if this is if that's what happened, we're setting up some pretty interesting scenarios. I want to see uh the, the, I want to see the Mariners set up a playoff rotation with, with King Felix and, 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 and Iwakuma and Paxton or Smiley because you could get those guys in a series, you know, a five- or a seven-game series, and those guys could just pitch lights out it, it, with enough offense behind it that that team, if they can just get over the hump, the team could just make the playoffs, they could get in there and do some damage. Seattle's problem has been that they play until about September 1st, it just seems like nothing goes their way and they end up sliding out. So, But we're rooting for them not to happen this year. Yeah, you're right. We do try to sort of fit them in uh, every now and then because they're so exciting. They're so interesting. They got those sluggers and we just keep waiting for them to do something. So we're, we're going for it again yeah. this year. So we'll see. But so I like just officially but, for the, for yeah. the record, oh, for the, you, for the record. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cubs Red Sox World Series. Your actual official yeah. pick to win it all is. I I can't I can't I can't go against the Cubs. I I just can't do it. All right, there we go. I did. Right. I, I I have. I, this is my penance because last year, even though I had all the good feelings, with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.